Hello everyone again. Welcome back to our series on the Holy Spirit. We've been looking at the gifts of the Spirit and our previous two studies we considered the gift of tongues. And um, we also read of another gift connected to tongues, though it's a distinct gift in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10, to another different kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues. And we learned as we looked at these gifts of the Spirit, all of them generally speaking, but specifically the gift of unknown tongues, that the primary motivation for the exercise of all the gifts of the Spirit is for the edification of the body of Christ, for the building up. And one key feature that is necessary for there to be edification is that of understanding. So Paul has been at pains to say, and what we've considered already, if there's no understanding, I mean, we can pray privately in tongues, which is acceptable, you edify yourself. We might be able to praise in tongues. Um, but if there's a, a prayer in tongues in the, the assembly of God's people and there's a message given to the church in tongues, it's vital for edification that there's understanding. And this is where this uh, gift of the interpretation of tongues is necessary. In 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 4 and 5 we read, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. A tongue of exhortation that is spoken to the church must be followed by interpretation in order for there to be edification. So understanding must be there. And it appears, at least this is my view, that in, in verse 5 Paul is saying that prophecy is greater than the gift of tongues except when there is interpretation. I think he seems to equate uh, certain types of tongues with prophecy whenever there is interpretation. It's certainly on a par in its value and I would say that it can be prophetic in nature when it is interpreted. Um, it may indicate in verse 2 that there's a different uh, use of tongues spoken of. Uh, verse 2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. That's talking about a tongue that is communicated only to God and it's mysterious because it's not interpreted. Whereas what we've read of in verse 5 seems to be something different. Now, Paul obviously prayed a lot in tongues himself in private. For in verse 18 and 19 of chapter 14, he says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, that is saying something when you consider the excesses that there were in the church at Corinth. They were going mad with speaking in tongues. All of them were speaking in tongues. At the one time, it would seem not in turn, and they're just appeared to be chaos. Now Paul is actually claiming, I speak in tongues more than you all. And he goes on to say, yet in church I would rather speak five words with my understanding uh, that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. So it's obvious that it must have been in private that he spoke in tongues more than all the Corinthians. Uh, because he says in church I'd rather speak five words in a known language than 10,000 in an unknown tongue. So Paul the Apostle prayed a lot in tongues in private. He must have been praying almost all the time in private in tongues 
uh, that's an exaggeration, but you know, to be uh, equal to and greater than the, 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 the tongue speaking of the Corinthians, he must have been speaking in tongues a great deal. But if there's going to be edification to the church, Paul's saying, there's got to be understanding. I'd rather speak five words in a known language than 10,000 in an unknown. And for for tongue speaking to be acceptable in the gathering as a, 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 when it's addressing the co- company, there must be interpretation. In verse 28, of course, of chapter 14 bears that out as well. Um, if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. So it's acceptable for him to speak in tongues to himself, maybe whispering or muttering in tongues. But but if there's going to be a message to the body or on behalf of the body to God, uh, publicly, audibly, over, over all the rest of the people, there needs to be interpretation. And if there is no interpretation, Paul says, well, you're all really acting and thinking like children. So he says that in verse 20 of chapter 14. Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice, be babes, but in understanding, be mature. So let's not be childish in the way that we exercise the gift of tongues and uh, to do it responsibly in, when it's a message on behalf of the church or to the church, there needs to be interpretation. But Paul then, verse 21, goes on to quote um, Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11 and 12. And this has caused some confusion among many, I think. Paul says, In the Lord is written, With men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me. Verse 22, Therefore tongues are for a sign not to those who believe, but to unbelievers, but prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. And many opponents of the use of the gift of tongues today will say, ah, there you go. The gift of tongues is not for Christians. Paul says here, verse 22, it's not for believers. It's for unbelievers. So how do we um, square the circle, as it were? Well, it's, it's actually quite simple. Because Paul is quoting, as I said earlier, Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12. And in those verses, through the prophet Isaiah, God is warning rebellious Israel that the next words that they would hear would be the words of a foreign language. The the language of the Assyrian army that would come to execute God's judgment upon them. And what Paul is doing is he's taking a general principle. That when you hear a language that you don't understand, when God is speaking to people, his people, in a language that they can't understand, that is a sign of judgment. And Paul's saying, therefore, a public message in tongues without interpretation is a sign of judgment to unbelievers. Follow with me as train of thought. If unbelievers come into the gathering, they don't understand what you're saying because everybody's speaking in tongues uh, publicly, they, wo- they won't be built up and they will be confused and they'll think that you're mad. And so this is a sign of judgment to unbelievers. And he's actually saying, don't give such a sign of judgment to outsiders who come in. And by contrast, prophecy is a sign for believers and it's a blessing And even unbelievers, when the secrets of their hearts are revealed, they fall uh, on their faces and say of a truth, God is among you. But that can be the case also with tongues when it is interpreted. 
So Paul is saying, if tongues is not interpreted, it's a sign of judgment to those unbelievers who come into your midst. But if it is interpreted, well, then it can be a blessing just like prophecy is. I hope it, that clears up some difficulties people have with verse 21 and 22 uh, of 1 Corinthians 14. If you go back to verse 12 and 13, or 12 and 13, let me show you something else. Paul says, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore let him or her, obviously, who speaks in a tongue, pray that he or she may interpret. So, I think this can be interpreted generally to the whole body of the church. So, if there are those who are gifted in speaking in tongues, um, but there is a lack of interpretation, you need to pray to God and ask him for the gift of interpretation for, for your body. God has promised to give the gifts to the body, and he's not going to give the gifts of speaking in tongues without interpretation for the benefit of the body because it can only edify the body if there's interpretation. Uh, he's not going to promise that and not give it. So to the body, and indeed this applies, I think, to all the gifts of the Spirit, seek earnestly the best gifts, earnestly pursue spiritual gifts. It's not just an injunction to an individual. It's actually to the whole group. You need as the body of Christ to desire and pursue all the gifts of the Spirit because that will build up the corporate body. So if you see deficiencies within your church, um, you need to pray that God will, will make obvious these giftings among you. But it's the same also for the individual. If you're a tongue speaker and uh, maybe you're praying privately in tongues, you praise in tongues, um, but maybe you feel that God is leading you on to, to what's more spoken of at the end of chapter 12, um, do you all speak with tongues, um, you know, to the group? So you praying on behalf of the group in tongues or giving a message which might equate to prophecy to the group? Well, if you're feeling God's call in that regard, you need to also pray for the gift of interpretation of tongues. Um, and we assume immediately that uh, if a, a message is given in tongues to the group that someone else will interpret, that's not necessarily the case. You may be, the person that speaks in the tongue may be the interpreter. And in fact, Paul indicates you should pray that you will have this gift of interpretation if you're speaking in tongues. It may be someone else who interprets. It may be the person that actually speaks in tongues. And so just simply, like with all the gifts of the Spirit, as I exhorted you previously in the episode on tongues, why not ask in faith, just like Jesus exhorts us in Luke chapter 11, um, ask and you receive uh, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more shall your heavenly father give the holy spirit to them that ask just ask him by, by faith for what he wants to give to the church what he wants to give to you if you speak in tongues already and believe that he has given you that's the faith ask in faith but believe and step out in faith and so when you hear yourself speaking in tongues then by faith step out that God may well have given you the interpretation of tongues as those thoughts come to you. I think probably um, very often when we pray in private, when we're praying in tongues uh, and then we start praying in English again, very often, or whatever your native language is, very often you will be praying the interpretation of the unknown tongue that has been spoken already. 
Um, ask and believe that you receive the things that you've asked of him because they're according to his will. Um, Derek Prince put it like this. He asked the question, how do you know that you have the right thing? <laughs> you know, with tongues or with interpretation of tongues, how do you know that you're actually receiving the interpretation, that it's the right interpretation? Um, and he goes on to say, again, God guarantees that if you ask for the right thing, you will not get the wrong thing. And that really addresses some of the fears that we have. I spoke of those previously, you know, that we'll get something demonic or something wicked. Um, but Derek Prince says, if, if you ask for the right thing, biblically speaking, you will not get the wrong thing. This is faith. It is, it is in the revealed will of God for his people, both to speak in tongues and to interpret. So this is God's will that you would speak and interpret the gift of tongues. So ask him by faith and believe that maybe when you're hearing that tongue in, in a gathering or you're hearing yourself speak in tongues, that actually the thoughts and the impressions that God, that, are, that is coming to you in that moment may well be of God and step out in faith. Now let me give you a practical um, principle here that might help some of the questions you have. Some people say to me, well, I have heard long words in tongues and then short interpretations and it doesn't seem to, to match or measure or, or I've heard short words in tongues or repetitive words in tongues and then um, long words of, of, of interpretation and and they don't seem to be as rep, repetitive as the original tongue speaking was well let me encourage you to understand it this way the gift of interpretation of tongues is not the translation of tongues. You don't find that gift mentioned in the New Testament, translation of tongues. It is interpretation of tongues. And therefore, we're not talking about a word-for-word, -word, literal, equivalent translation of every word in the syllables of tongues. Unless, of course, it is an actual literal language, which it can be, um, in the gift of tongues but whenever it's not an actual known language and uh, an international language we're talking about interpretation not translation rather it's a rendering of the general sense of what God has been saying and communicating through the tongue okay so um, personality also might be a factor in this the personality of the person interpreting or the personality of the person giving the word in tongues they might get carried away a little or the interpretation might reflect the personality and character of the person giving you say I don't think that's right well if you look at Matthew Mark Luke and John you will see and indeed all the biblical authors Old and New Testament you see their personality reflected in what they are writing and it's the word of God that they're writing in a superior way to the gift of tongues or prophecy it's actual words of God they're writing in scripture and yet their own human personality is reflected there also, some people may take on a certain archaic form of language, like maybe the King James Version of the Bible, um, and, and start to speak in these and those, um, and thus saith the Lord. Well, I would discourage that, um, but it doesn't mean that the, the person saying those things is not speaking of God, because they may have added that flavor to it because of learned traditions that they have, uh, things they've seen other people doing. I think it's better to speak in the way that we speak today and naturally. But what I'm trying to say is that 
that, that this is interpretation, not literal translation. And also, it actually may be, rather than words being interpreted, it may be a, a, a thought or an idea. So what I'm saying is that a word might be given in tongues, but the interpretation may come to the interpreter in an impression, in a thought, in a picture, um, rather than, than words. And therefore, they're trying in their interpretation to explain what they're seeing or sensing rather than actual word-for-word um, translation. In fact, they, they themselves might have to put words to what they're saying or sensing. Um, interpretation might be given in one or two words. Now, what I mean by that is, and very often I think this is the case in uh, interpretation of tongues and the gift of prophecy, you might only be given one or two words initially, but it's then when you kind of prime the pump by faith and you step out by faith and speak that one or two or sentence of words, then you receive the rest by God as you've stood out uh, in faith. But I think there's a general principle here we need to remind ourselves of in chapter 12 and verse 6, that there are diversities of activities, um, but it's the same God who works all in all. There are different kinds of gifts and even among each category of gifting, different kinds of tongues. There are different kinds of tongues and there will be different ways people have of interpreting the gift of tongues. There are diversities of activities and gifts, but it's the same God who works all in all. And let's keep that in mind. And let me be practical again when I say that very often the supernatural is more natural than we imagine. And I've sought in this series to degree demystify some of these gifts of the Spirit. I've said before one of the biggest obstacles to the supernatural is the desire for the spectacular. But very often the extraordinary dimension of the supernatural, particularly the gifts of the Spirit, is more ordinary than we might think. The important thing is not to be as many Christians are passive in this area of the gifts of the Spirit. In other words, sitting around waiting for God to zap you to give you certain gifts. But actually to, as Luke 11 says, and as Paul exhorts us to desire earnestly the best gifts and pursue spiritual gifts, to be active in prayer and in faith. Remember it says in the day of Pentecost, they spoke the mighty works, the marvelous works of God. Remember I, I told you about Peter who stepped out by faith put his, his leg over the side of the boat and walked on the water. Jesus kept him above the water, but he had to walk himself and put one foot in front of the other. And equally, when you speak in tongues, um, you've, you've got to do the speaking and believe that God is doing, through the Holy Spirit, the animating from your spirit, uh, uh, whilst you will do the speaking out of your mouth. And it's the same with the gift of interpretation. You'll not be taken over and possessed and then start speaking uh, involuntary, but you will cooperate with the Spirit as he brings things to your mind and your heart through the gift of interpretation. And as those things rise up in prayer or praise or in the presence of God's people, it is faith that will allow you to step out and speak out. So let me encourage you, if you already speak in tongues, seek the gift of interpretation. If you don't speak in tongues, ask God for it. But remember, it's not just asking in faith, it's stepping out in faith and believing that God will hear your prayer and answer you. Lord, I thank you for the manifold gifts um, 
from your spirit that you've given to the church. We thank you that it's not for our intrigue or fascination, although they are intriguing and fascinating, but the motivation is for the edification of the body and ultimately for your glory. And I just pray right now that those who are watching this will receive the gift of tongues, but also they will receive the gift of interpretation so that the, the body might be edified through this gift. And Lord, help us to realize um, how the supernatural is woven right throughout every dimension of our existence. So whether it's the green blade of grass that we see growing up in our lawns, that is supernatural as much as anything else. And this wonderful ability to speak in tongues and interpretation of tongues and all these gifts of the Spirit are equally supernatural too, Lord. So help us to practice the presence of God in all the spheres of life so that we may recognize you in everything, Lord. Not just in our church gatherings, not just in the exercise of certain spiritual gifts, but in everything that we do that we may consider it supernatural because Christ is in us, the hope of glory. And so um, thank you for this, this particular series. Thank you, Lord, for this gift. And continue to lead us on as we study more in your will in weeks to come. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you again next time as we continue our series in the gifts of the Holy Spirit.